Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. This is your host, Juliette Lamar. Today I have with me a really fun guy. His name is Jeff Berwick, and he is got the inside scoop of what goes on at dollarvigilante.com. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. So people call you a lot of things, but what do you like to call yourself? Yeah, you're right. People do call me a lot of things. Uh, but <laughs> I, what, I, what I say about myself, though, is that I'm a freedom fighter against mankind's two biggest enemies, the state and the central banks. Uh, and essentially what I am is a, uh, a believer in freedom, in total freedom, that all individuals should be free. And, of course, that it would exclude uh, things like government, which uh, extort people called taxation and, and own people. Uh, so I'm a, what you could call the most extreme kind of freedom sort of person, uh, something called an anarchist or a voluntarist or anarcho-capitalist is another word for it. But really, I just believe that people shouldn't be slaves. Amen to that. So let's get started on, on how you how did you get on this path? Besides your just your core morals, you know, how did you get on this path and what brought you to now having you have a YouTube channel and you have a website, dollarvigilante.com. Let us know how you got there. Oh, wow. It's a long story. Uh, I was born uh, about 47 years ago and I uh, grew up in Canada and started an Internet company uh, in Canada, which became the uh, largest financial website uh, in Canada called Stockhouse.com in 1993, 1994. Uh, it was worth around $240 million by the year 2000, and then it all collapsed after the tech bubble collapsed, and that got me looking into central banking, 
because uh, that essentially is what causes the tech bubble. And uh, once I really understood how central banking works and how it's truly a scam against humanity and it's constantly just robbing everyone all the time through inflation, uh, that I decided uh, and I looked into other things like Austrian economics and how real economics works and, and what's really going on, how the financial system works, monetary system, everything. And I decided I need to tell the world about it because most people had no idea how, how a lot of this stuff works. So I started the Dollar Vigilante in 2010, and I've been doing that ever since. And uh, as you mentioned, yeah, I'm on YouTube all the time now. It's really blossomed. It, it really started out as just uh, a written sort of format. Uh, but And I wasn't very good on camera or anything like that years ago. But after doing thousands of these now, I'm, I'm actually fairly decent. I'm, I'm not too bad on camera anymore. So, yeah, I'm on uh, things like YouTube quite a bit. And do you offer a kind of service to help people get out of this, this controlled bank system? Well, we offer a, news, a financial newsletter, which uh, recommends a number of things like investments and things like that. And we've been recommending things like gold and silver and cryptocurrencies, especially. Uh, we've been re recommending uh, things like Bitcoin since 2011, when Bitcoin was at $3. And that's because it's a way of getting out from under uh, the system. That's right. But uh, yeah, essentially, we're, we're sort of advising people on what's going on. We've had uh, so many correct calls on on things, especially cryptocurrencies. Uh, we're up, uh, I don't even know what the percentage is on Bitcoin from $3 to, to where it is now. And uh, we recommended Ethereum at $2. It's now around $400 or $500 and uh, numerous others like it. So uh, we've been sort of on the leading edge of the uh, cryptocurrency uh, evolution, as I call it, uh, and uh, a big proponent of it because it really uh, offers people for the first time in history the ability to actually own their own money, actually be their own bank, and uh, not be controlled by these central bank uh, scams that are constantly robbing them and actually have control of their own financial future. And yeah, and who doesn't want that? Um, I think a lot of people who are just getting into the crypto world, they are scared off by, you know, the, the uncertainty of it. And that's what you get when you have something that is not controlled, controlled and monitored is you do have a little, a little bit of risk involved. So what do you tell people who are in that situation of being afraid of, you know, soft wallets, hard wallets to get their money, it gets hacked, you know, all that? Yeah, uh, well, it is a new technology. That's something that should be recognized. Uh, uh, Bitcoin was launched in 2009. Most people hadn't even, like, I didn't even hear about it until 2011. Your average person probably didn't even hear about it until about 2015. Uh, it's still uh, it's sort of in a nascent sort of stage. It's still very small. The, the total market capitalization of Bitcoin is just in the hundreds of billions right now. Uh, so it's in, compared to things like the U.S. dollar or uh, any other sort of financial instrument, it's incredibly tiny. And when you have that, uh, you're going to have a lot of volatility. Uh, to me, it's very much like uh, I was around at the start of the Internet. So this is sort of my second time going around with a total world-changing technology. The first one, of course, was the Internet. I was a computer nerd my whole life. I was on uh, – my first computer was an Apple II Plus clone that I bought from Vietnam because we were too, too poor to buy an Apple II Plus. And uh, it was called a Unitron, and I had to build it myself with a soldering iron when I was about 11 years old in 1981. And uh, I was on computers my whole life after that. I, I said, that's going to change the world. Computers are going to change the world. I think I've been fairly right on that so far. 
And uh, I actually had sort of gotten bored with computers around 1993. And I actually, for the first time, put my computer uh, into the closet at, at my house. And I, I just stopped using it. I said, I've done everything you can do on these things. It's not progressing. Uh, we're still on these bulletin board systems where you had to call people's houses. There was no internet or anything like that. And then I was working at a bank, and someone came up to me, and it was one of those sort of moments that you always remember. And he said, have you heard about this thing called the internet? And I said, no, what is it? And, I, and he told me, and I said, this is going to change everything. And I pretty much quit my job at the bank very quickly after that, you know, days, if not weeks, uh, um, uh, something along those lines, and just said, I'm getting on the internet. That's the, that's the next big thing after computers. And uh, as I mentioned, I grew the company that I started up to hundreds of millions of dollars, and then it all collapsed almost back to zero again. And uh, then I got into realizing how the financial and economic monetary system works. Started telling people about that with the dollar vigilante, and I said all fiat currencies, including the U.S. dollar, will collapse probably by the end of this decade. And I said that in 2010. So by by the end of 2020, uh, I expected that they will all collapse, and I think we're still very well on track for that. And a lot of people asked me back then, well, what's going to take its place? And I said, I don't know, but I'm sure the market will come up with something. And one year later, I found out about Bitcoin and uh, started to really get into that as being the next big thing. It really, it's, it's the biggest thing since the Internet is cryptocurrencies, in my opinion, because it really takes away the power of the state and the central banks, which has been uh, essentially mankind's biggest enemy for, for as long as they've all existed. Really, for the last few hundred years, uh, they've been robbing and extorting and, and uh, ruining the market and, and making so many, uh, most poverty in the world is caused by governments and central banks. All wars, obviously, are caused by governments and central banks. So the more things that we can do to take away that power from them, which is all based on the money system through cryptocurrencies, the more we have a better chance of a truly free and peaceful world. Well, absolutely. Um, so when people talk about trying to make it more accessible and, and tighter security and things like that, or backing it up with fiat currency, you think that probably is a, ba- is a bad thing. It's the wrong way to go. Well, definitely backing uh, cryptocurrency with fiat currency would be the exact opposite of what you want to do, because that's the whole point of the cryptocurrencies is fiat currencies are always collapsing. Uh, People don't really actually understand how the money system works. Central banking is Mm -hmm. actually a tenet of communism. Most people don't know this. It's central planning of the monetary system and the economy. And uh, because of that, they're always printing money. Uh, This is what they call quantitative easing, which has been going on now for about 10 years. Uh, Before that, it was just called inflation. It was just called money printing. And uh, by doing that, every time you print a new dollar, you're devaluing the the rest of the value of every other dollar in existence. This is just basic supply and demand economics. And most people don't understand that. And they do that on purpose. They don't teach you in the government indoctrination camps, which they force you into for 12 years. They don't teach you anything about the money system because if people actually understood, Henry Ford actually had a quote in the early 20th century. He said, if people understood how the monetary system works, there'd be a revolution tomorrow. It is literally one of the biggest scams on humanity ever contrived. And because of that, uh, that's why cryptocurrencies are so important. And they can't actually stop it. That's the other important part about cryptocurrencies. If there was a central place uh, for Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies with a CEO in an office, they'd already be in jail. They'd already be shut down. Uh, But because they can't, because it's been designed in such a way that it's so decentralized, they actually can't really stop it. So that's what's really interesting about the cryptocurrencies. And now you, you mentioned a lot of people have a lot of fear or doubts about it. It's something in, in the uh, 
uh, cryptocurrency space known as FUD, uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And yes, of course, as I mentioned, this is all new. Uh, it's sort of like being around the internet. I, I was around, as I mentioned, uh, during the start of the internet. And I remember going and I was trying to sell companies' websites in 1993. And I'd walk into the office, I'd say, can I talk to the manager or the CEO? And they'd go, okay, here he is. And I'd go, hey, I think your company needs a website. This is 1993, and so many times they would go, what's a website? And I'd go, it's on the Internet. And they'd go, what's the Internet? And then it progressed to, and I still remember seeing, I think it was on uh, the Today Show with uh, Brian Gumbel or something. You can look this up on YouTube. They were talking about email when they first heard about it in 1993 or 1994, and they were talking about it like it was crazy. He was like, well, how do you <laughs> get mail without the postal service? That's sort of where the cryptocurrencies are kind of at. They're sort of at that stage still that a lot of people just don't really know how it works. And how I explain it to a lot of people is if you don't know a lot about Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, and of course you're getting a lot of information from things like the mainstream media, which is all propaganda, which is all trying to get you to stay away from those things because that will take away their power from the governments and central banks, is that if people um, – it's sort of like email uh, that uh, – if you talk to someone, even today, this is 2018, if you talk to your average person and they go, you go, do you have email? They go, of course I have email. Everyone has email. It's just standard. And if you go, do you know how it actually works? 99.99% of people have no idea how it works. They just know it works. And that's essentially the same with cryptocurrencies. You don't need to understand exactly how it works. A lot of these technical things, you'd have to spend years and years actually becoming a programmer and a coder to actually understand exactly how it works. But really all you need to understand is that it works. Bitcoin's been around since 2009. It's still, you know, nine years later, still doing very well. Uh, it goes up and down all the time. It's very volatile. That's quite normal for something quite small and quite new that a lot of people are uncertain about. And that's very normal. Uh, but all you really need to know is that it, it kind of works. And, and as long as it works, why not use it? And for people out there who haven't never used it, that's the thing I always recommend is just start using it. It'd be like me trying to explain in 1993 why you should use email. If you've never even seen the Internet, you'd be like, I, I don't get it. You'd be like Brian Gumbo. It's very similar with cryptocurrencies, but once you start to use them, so just go to a site like blockchain.info, open a Bitcoin wallet there. It takes about one second. So that's a lot quicker than your average bank, and they're not going to be accosting you and wondering where you live and asking for all your personal information. It'll just take one second to open, and then either buy some Bitcoin or sell a service for Bitcoin and put it in your wallet and see what happens. And you'll hear the beep go off, and you'll go, wow, that's amazing. It's so fast and really doesn't cost much. Uh, Bitcoin price, uh, the transaction fees have gone up and down a lot in the last year, but currently I just transferred, uh, I think, $10,000 worth of Bitcoin. It costs $0.07. Cents. That's a lot better than the banks. Uh, you can send it anywhere in the world. A lot of people accept it now. It's really growing, and uh, I could send, you could send a billion dollars in Bitcoin if you had it to China right now. It would get there in about five or ten minutes or less, and it would cost maybe a dollar or two, and no one could stop it. And, and so once you start to use it, you really start to see the power of it. And for me personally, that was the exact same thing for me. When someone told me about it in 2011, I said, well, it sounds interesting, but I, I need to see it for myself. And I opened a wallet on blockchain.info. Uh, he transferred me some Bitcoin. It was actually three Bitcoin at the time, which is today is worth $15,000, but back then was worth about $9. And um, I bought something online with it all within a, about a minute. And as soon as all that transaction was done, I said, this changes everything. Uh, so that's really what I recommend for people out there who are don't understand it or are worried about it. Just start using it. And as you use it, just like if you try to use email in, in 1994, uh, you'll be like, 
I didn't understand it at first, but now I see, yeah, this is amazing. I don't need the postal service or anything anymore. I don't have to send faxes. Uh, I can just hit a button and it goes there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, when it sounds that easy when you when you walk people through it. So when people go to blockchain.info, so that's a, that's a legitimate source they can get their Bitcoin from, they can get a wallet in. When it's not asking you for all that personal information, I like that. But at the same time, how are people supposed to sort through the mass quantities of non-authentic cryptocurrency websites that are out there promising people certain things and really just stealing information. Is there kind of a set of rules that you go by when dealing with cryptocurrency that makes you more confident in using it? Well, um, just like anything, once you start to get into it, you'll figure things out quite quickly. You'll figure out, you know, you just go on forums uh, for cryptocurrencies and say, hey, what's a good wallet uh, that I should open? And if 100 people all say this one wallet, uh, you can probably have some sort of degree of confidence that it's a decent wallet to some extent. And uh, as I mentioned, start slow. So if if you're a person out there and you have a million dollars, don't just get into Bitcoin tomorrow and buy a million dollars worth of Bitcoin because until you kind of understand how it all works, uh, you're going to probably lose it because uh, it it does take a little bit of uh, knowledge. It takes a little bit of using it before you kind of understand what you need to do. And of course, there's all kinds of potential for hacks and things like that that people need to be aware of. Uh, But this also goes to the point that it's still early in the cryptocurrency space. So I have no doubt that there's going to be so many services coming out now that will make things a lot easier, a lot more simple, uh, give people a lot more confidence in them. But that's really the benefit of being a sort of early adopter into things like cryptocurrencies. And I still think here in 2018, you're still an early adopter when you get into cryptocurrencies. I don't know what the numbers are, but I can't imagine it's much more than 1% or 2% of people in the world that ever used a cryptocurrency. In fact, I'd be surprised if it was over 1%. It's probably less than that. So you're still a very early adopter, even at this stage, even with all the things that have been going on. Uh, and once you start to use it, you'll just sort of get more comfortable and you'll start to understand it. It's just sort of a bit of a learning process. Um, and like I said, though, just start doing it and you'll see uh, how it works. But don't start putting in any sort of sizable amounts of money into it until you really feel like you've got a good understanding of how it all works. Of course. Yeah, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> Um, Definitely. So, and I actually advise wh- that a lot of people that, uh, even at the Dollar Vigilante newsletter, where we advise people on generally what they should be doing, uh, we say only put about 10% of your total portfolio into cryptocurrencies because they are very volatile, they're very new, they're very risky uh, to some extent, uh, and uh, there's going to be so many changes. We're seeing changes every day in the space. Uh, so to put more than 10% would be kind of like a risk taker. So if you're like a 25-year-old guy and you've got $10,000 or $1,000 and you want to put it all into crypto, it's probably okay because you're probably going to be able to recover. If you lose it all, you probably just get a new job and, and make some money again or whatever it is. But if you're talking about uh, large amounts of money uh, that uh, that you really need and if you lost, you'd be in, in really uh, dire straits, uh, you should definitely be taking it slow and just sort of slowly learning about how things work before you get too involved. And as I mentioned, I don't recommend anyone put in uh, more more than 10% of their total portfolio into cryptos at this moment in time, unless you are truly a risk taker and you're, you're totally open to the fact that you could lose it all because it is still uh, very early in this in this uh, space. Absolutely. Um, I know that also when you open wallets and when you have these things, you have these passwords that are, you know, they're words, they're numbers, but if you lose them, you're locked out of your account probably forever. I, uh, this is just one yeah. more problem that I've, um, do you know of any solutions that are coming up on the horizon 
for things like that. Like if I lose my debit card, I can just call the bank and say, hey, I lost my debit card. Please give me a new one. And they're like, sure. Do you see anything on the horizon yeah, that this, might be helping <laughs> that? Yeah, this is uh, one of the things that people need to realize is cryptocurrencies are truly putting the power of money and banking into your own hands. And it's a big power to have. And uh, because mm-hmm. of that, a lot of people worry about it and can lose it. And, and a lot of people kind of like the idea that they can call the bank if they lose their credit card or, or whatever it is. So uh, in many ways, cryptocurrency is just like cash. So if you are comfortable uh, having okay. $1,000 in cash in your pocket and walking around the city, then you should be fairly comfortable having $1,000 in cryptocurrency in a wallet somewhere. Uh, but if you're not comfortable with that, if you are the kind of person who $1,000 is all the money you have in the world, you probably wouldn't feel all that comfortable walking around town with it all in your pocket. It's the very same thing with cryptocurrency. It's very like that. Uh, you ask, is that going to change in time? Uh, there's definitely going to be services that come online. So you could, I could definitely see someone actually starting a sort of cryptocurrency bank uh, to some extent where they kind of uh, uh, hold a lot of things for you. And you, you already have things like that with things like exchanges, things like in the U.S. there's one called Coinbase. I don't particularly like it too much because it has all the government reg- rules and regulations all around it. But uh, if you're uncomfortable, you can kind of put your crypto in a place where they kind of hold it for you. But that's kind of against what cryptocurrency is all about, because the real yeah. core value of crypto is that you personally own your own uh, crypto. So if you have a Bitcoin wallet that you just have and no one else has it and you store it properly, uh, which will take you a little while to understand how to do uh, and that no one could ever find it uh, because of how you've stored it. And that, that would mean not having it anywhere near online. You want to have it like in a paper wallet and, and not even hold that whole piece of paper anywhere that anyone could find it because once they find it, they have your money. Uh, so there, there's lots of things like that that people just sort of have to figure out and, and learn about these things. But there will be tons of services out there for uh, people like that uh, over time. But that's also the risk as well because we've seen numerous exchanges uh, lose all their Bitcoin. And when they lose it, they lose your Bitcoin. Uh, we've seen some of them actually outright steal it. Uh, that will happen, uh, of course, uh, from time to time. And it does happen uh, and, and things like that. So really, when you're giving someone else control of your own keys, uh, you, you're you don't own your own money anymore. They actually do. So that comes with its own inherent set of risks. So those are the Mm -hmm. things that people have to uh, be aware of. Now, of course, there's things like hard wallets and things like that. I personally, I I keep a lot on hard wallets. Uh, So that's a sort of thing. They're called Trezor or uh, there's numerous different uh, uh, types of them, Ledger. uh, And essentially, it's a piece of hardware that you have to plug into a computer to be able to access your cryptocurrency. That's definitely a lot safer than most other ways of holding cryptocurrency personally. But again, it's just something that people have to get used to uh, doing and get comfortable doing. So again, it'll take a number of years for most people to get kind of comfortable doing it. And that, again, is why it's, it's still the early days of cryptocurrency and why there's still so much potential here because your average person still doesn't fully understand how to use it. And as these new services come online and as things get easier, uh, then more people will come online. And as more people get into it later, it will just cause the price of cryptocurrencies to rise because it's all based on supply and demand. So if you see a lot of elderly people 10 years from now all wanting to get into Bitcoin uh, because they're so comfortable because they've heard about it so much, their friends are into it, no one's had a bad experience with it. Once they're totally comfortable, the price will be a lot higher because by then most people will already be into it, whereas today uh, it's a lot smaller. So those are all the sort of risks and rewards that people need to be aware of. But number one is just start learning about it. It's sort of like being in the Internet in 1993 
if I told you about the internet and you said, oh, I don't know, it sounds scary or whatever, I'd be like, just get on it because you're going to be so far ahead of the pack. You're going to be so far ahead of most people by getting on right now. Most people still, it's going to be years before they get into email and stuff like that. You'll already be ahead if you want to start an internet company or a website. You're going to have so much advantage. Like, just look at Amazon.com. That was uh, Bezos back in 1993. He just started a book-selling website. Very simple. Uh, and look what it's turned into today. And that's because he got into it early. So you'll see the same things happening in the cryptocurrency space in different ways. Absolutely. Um, so when we we're rewinding back to when we were talking about how banks will just print more money, do you see a similarity in people just creating new coins? Like there's Bitcoin and there's Ethereum that everyone knows about, but there's so many other little coins. A, how do you choose which coins to buy? And B, are those going to affect the market in a negative way? Uh, no, they don't uh, have to affect the market in a negative way. Everyone in the world can create their own cryptocurrency. I could create JeffCoin right now if I wanted. I could hit a button and create JeffCoin. It doesn't mean the value of Bitcoin has gone down in value because I'm pretty sure no one cares about JeffCoin. It's just not going to be used by anyone. Uh, maybe my mom will be, actually, no, she's not even on the internet. Uh, so, yeah, no one's going to be using JeffCoin. So, uh, when it comes, that's another sort of uh, thing that a lot of people think about is, well, there's now thousands of cryptocurrencies. How could I possibly pick which one to, to own, and therefore none of them have any value. It's not like that, because anyone can start a cryptocurrency. It's just like email. Anyone can have an email. Uh, anyone could have a website. You could start Amazon, you know, pick a different name for it, .com right now, and try to compete with Amazon. Good luck, because they've been doing it for about 20 years now. they got a huge uh, marketing base. they got a huge uh, base of customers already. You're not going to be able to compete. So uh, when it comes to the altcoins, and this is something I cover a fair amount at our newsletter, is uh, there is definitely a couple that have massive potential. And, and those are the ones that I've been talking about to our subscribers. And I'll, I'll say one right now. It's called EOS, E-O-S. I think it has the potential to become bigger than Ethereum. Uh, there's a few others like that. We cover those in the Dollar Vigilante newsletter. You can subscribe to it. It's very cheap. It's, I think, $25 a month uh, or, or less. I don't even know the price, actually, off the top of my head. But it's around that. Uh, just go to dollarvigilante.com slash subscribe. We talk about these things all the time. We're, we're up thousands of percent on so many of the cryptos. We recommended Dash around $10. I think it's around 300 right now. Um, so there's a few. And actually, I like Dash quite a bit, too. Uh, Why do you think Ethos is going to take off? Uh, EOS, uh, it's it's been designed in such a way that all the problems that Ethereum has, it kind of fixes. And uh, it's sort of like the 2.0 of Ethereum, in my opinion. And, and it's got a real genius programmer behind it uh, named Dan Larimer that uh, I compare uh, Vitalik Buterin started Ethereum, and he's a genius as well, total genius. And I'm not saying Ethereum's going away. I'm saying EOS really could compete uh, dramatically with Ethereum. I kind of see uh, Vitalik Buterin and Dan Larimer as sort of the Steve Jobs and Bill Gates of the cryptocurrency space. So as I mentioned, there's so many parallels to the start of the Internet here. And, and really, when you're looking at EOS and Ethereum, it, it's very similar to Apple and, um, and PC back in the days um, uh, with uh, Microsoft and, and Apple back in the days. So, uh, yeah, there's a few out there, but th there isn't a ton out there. Like, there's not literally hundreds of amazing ones out there. There's a lot of garbage, and I've said this so many times. Uh, some of them, though, will be dark horses that will come from one cent, and they'll be $1,000 two years from now. And some people will get incredibly wealthy, but most of them will be at one cent, and they'll be at zero uh, two years from now as well. And some will be $1,000 right now and be at zero two years from now. That's how fast the space is moving. So, you know, for your person out there, if you haven't even got into Bitcoin yet, 
just get into Bitcoin. And, and from there, you'll start to understand how things will work. And then maybe you'll get into Ethereum, and then you'll maybe understand how that works. And then you can start to see, okay, maybe there's some other coins that look interesting out there, and maybe subscribe to our newsletter. And I've already said, okay, this one looks pretty good. Uh, and you can look into those. But just trying to pick from the thousands of them out there without any knowledge would be basically impossible. Uh, there is some people who have a sort of an investing uh, uh, philosophy or theory of investing just a small amount of money into the top 500 coins or things like that. And actually that could work uh, because some of the ones that really take off will go up hundreds of thousands, millions of percent in the next few years and the rest will all go to zero. But that one or two that, that you did catch, uh, put in a thousand dollars or even $10 uh, today uh, could go up to, to be worth over a million dollars in the future. So that could be a, a way to play it. But I prefer to be a little smarter about it and, and be on top of things. And I've been covering the space since 2011. So not to toot my own horn here, but there's not many people, actually there's no one I know of who's been covering this space from my perspective, the financial investment perspective, uh, since 2011. So I have a, you know, we've got a huge team uh, looking into these things. We're constantly looking in deeply. We know most of the major players in the space. So, you know, th that's the real way to sort of approach it is to just sort of subscribe to a newsletter like ours if you want to get more of the uh, really interesting information on what's really going on out there. But if you don't understand crypto at all, don't even bother trying to invest in all coins because you really need to understand what's going on to have to any chance of, of doing well in the space. 100%. Uh, you have to learn by doing. So how can people sign up for your newsletter? Is it just dollarvigilante.com and it'll direct them from there? Yeah, or you could go directly to dollarvigilante.com slash subscribe. Uh, so also to, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, which I put out a video almost every day. And I've been talking about cryptos for years. Uh, uh, just go to YouTube, Dollar Vigilante. And, uh, and that's the two main ways to kind of follow what we're doing in the cryptocurrency space. Oh, thank you so much, Jeff. This has been really insightful. And I think you might have a lot more people coming into your space with the cryptocurrency and giving them that that self-confidence to try something new is, is always good. Well, I hope so, because it's so important. To me, cryptocurrencies are almost mankind's only chance at true freedom and prosperity in the future. Uh, and so that's why I really do try to get as many people into cryptocurrencies as possible. And, and I've been doing that for years just by telling people about it. And, and the more that people get into it, the, the, the less control and power the state and the central banks have. And we will actually see the end of all wars. We'll see the end of most poverty if most people uh, start to learn and start to use cryptocurrencies. So it's, it's that important, in my opinion. So I, I hope that uh, as many of your audience as possible uh, start to look into cryptocurrencies because uh, not only do they have the potential to do well financially, but they could actually be helping to save the world in the process. So I'd like to see that happen. I love that. Everyone can contribute to, to the greater good. Absolutely. And it says, you know, just as easy as, as starting to get into Bitcoin, start to figure out what it is. And, uh, you know, that, that's really that's what actually democracy is really all about. Democracy isn't about electing a government and choosing which person's going to own you for the next four years. It's actually voting with your money. And when you vote with your money by using different currencies, you actually are saying to the market, this has more value because mo more people are using it. And so you can actually say, well, I don't like war. I don't like poverty. So I'm not going to use things like the U.S. dollar anymore because those, those are all the things that actually contribute to those sort of things. So you can actually vote with your own uh, dollar, so to speak, by getting into things like cryptocurrencies. And really, there could be a revolution uh, in the world without a shot fired just by people just slowly gravitating over to non-central bank currencies. Power to the people. Well, Jeff, 
like I said, thank you so much for your insight into this this new, exciting world. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. That was Jeff Berwick with Dollar Vigilante. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Future Tech Podcast. We'll catch you later. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but we'll showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here. Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review and discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.